you'll look with us the book of Philippians chapter number 2 for just a few moments tonight. I won't keep you long. Philippians chapter number 2 and give you just a moment to find your place and stand with us in reverence to the word of God in prayer if you're physically able. Philippians chapter number 2 and we'll begin reading in verse number 19. <coughs> Philippians 2 and verse 19. And Paul said, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. But you know the proof of him that as a son with the Father, he has served with me in the gospel. Him therefore I hope to send presently, so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. Father, I pray that you'll bless the reading of thy word. Thank you for the good testimonies that we heard tonight, for the good singing. And Lord, I ask you now to have your will in your way, and we'll praise you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. Notice with me four things in this text about uh, the Apostle Paul. I want you to see Paul's belief in verse number 19 and in verse number 24. For both of these verses, the first verse and the last verse of our uh, text tonight uh, opens exactly the same way. Paul said in verse number 19, but I trust in the Lord Jesus. And then in verse number 24, he said, but I trust in the Lord. Paul was trusting for two things. In verse 19, he was trusting the Lord, trusting in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus. And then in verse 24, he was trusting the Lord that he himself would pay a personal visit uh, unto the people of God there at Philippi. You know, I think a man of God ought to be a man of faith, amen? Every man's faith is going to waver from time to time. And I'm certainly not saying tonight that I have all the faith that I need or all the faith that I want. Uh, faith sometimes will be up and sometimes faith will be down. Uh, but it's good to see a preacher, Paul, in this text here. Uh, that is a man of faith and we must all be men and women of faith. I see Paul's belief and then I see Paul's burden in verse number 19 as he said here that he would trust the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you that I also may be of good comfort. Why? When I know your estate. Paul was a church man and Paul's burden was to know how the people of Philippi were doing. I think a man of God, I think the people of God, we ought to have a concern for the church, amen? And Paul had a concern as a missionary for those converts and those that had been won to Christ here. And so we see Paul's burden and then we see Paul's bonds in verse number 23 and verse number 24 as he said, him therefore talking about Timothy, I hope to send presently so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. You know, even the great apostle Paul uh, did not have everything figured out. He could not see the future. He did not know the mind of God in certain areas of his own life uh, and he just had to do what we all have to do sometimes in tight situations uh, is just wait and see what God was going to do. Uh, but it talks about his imprisonment, his bonds and he is believing God that he's going to be able uh, to get out of prison and be able to go back 
and visit those Christians of that church at Philippi. But when we come to this text tonight, in verse number 19, I want you to see Paul's brother here because when we get to this passage of Scripture, uh, there's more or as much, should I say, uh, said about Timothy as what there is Paul. In fact, we know that this is Paul's burden. We know that it is Paul's bonds. Uh, but it is Paul's brother that's going to run to the rescue and the aid uh, of those that are at Philippi. Uh, Paul cannot be everywhere at all times. Uh, he cannot be all things to all people. So he has another man. He has a second man in this text. And that's what I want to preach a few minutes tonight on that subject, on the second man. Amen? You see, the second man in this text here is Timothy. Timothy was Paul's son in the faith. And Timothy was someone that Paul uh, could count on. Timothy was Paul's second man in this passage of Scripture. He was going to go where Paul could not go. He was going to do what Paul uh, could not do. You know, as a pastor tonight, I'm reminded that this is a group effort. Amen? Uh, no man lives to himself and no man dies to himself. Uh, this is not about me tonight. It's not about you, but it's all about him. Isn't that right? I'm telling you from the pulpit to the pew, if we're going to have revival and see souls saved and do anything for God, we must all pull in the same direction. Amen? And Timothy was a man that was willing to be second. He was a man that did not have to be in the forefront. And Paul uh, could not be everywhere. But he had some dependable people in his life uh, uh, that could step in when Paul could not be there uh, and get the job done. Uh, Paul, in verse number 19, he's trusting two individuals. Notice this. Uh, he is trusting the Savior, as he said, but I trust in the Lord Jesus. Uh, and then he is trusting Timothy uh, to send Timotheus shortly unto you. Uh, one side, Paul is trusting God and on the other side he's trusting in man he's trusting in the brethren amen hey can I just simply say this tonight we need each other don't we amen uh, we need to support one another we need to stay in unity and I believe we are tonight uh, but Paul had a man that could step in and make up the difference when he could not be there I want to say tonight uh, I believe in a second man and a third man and a fourth man and a fifth man the reason Timothy was the second man was because Timothy didn't care if he was the third man or the fourth man or the tenth man. Isn't that right? And I'm preaching on the second man tonight. In a world where everybody, not everybody, but the majority should I say, wants to be number one. Where it's a dog eat dog world. Where everybody's trying to climb some ladder or build some platform or pump or prime themselves to some pinnacle. It's good my friend tonight in a world that's so ate up with that that you and I have the mentality that we don't have to be first amen that we don't have to be in the forefront that it's not about us but it's all about him I'm telling you as the pastor this tonight it doesn't I don't need to have the mentality that it's about me amen that'll grieve God as much as anything I'm telling you tonight that we must look beyond ourselves, and we must lift our eyes unto the hills and from whence cometh our help and we must see him who's invisible tonight if we're going to be blessed amen and I think a preacher needs a second man uh, you say I remember one time somebody came to me another preacher it's been many years ago uh, but he told me he said you need a second man I said I got five of them they're called deacons amen uh, and I said they all do a good job
job. Well, he went and roosted somewhere else. I'm just simply telling you that's how it is. But a second man is not based on his personality. Can I get an amen right there? It's not based on his popularity. It's not based on his productivity. I'm telling you, Timothy did what a lot of young men were not willing to do and even others. He had proven himself. He was willing to just be a servant and it was because of that that Paul could depend upon him and more importantly, God was using him. Amen. You see, tonight we all can be second men, can't we? I'm not talking about a title tonight. I'm not talking about a trophy. I'm not talking about a position tonight. I'm talking about having the mentality uh, that Timothy had in the work of God and that is that every part of God's work is important. I don't have to be in the limelight. I don't have to shine. I don't have to have a pat on the back. All I want to do is do what I can where I can with what I can for the glory and the honor of God. Amen. I think that ought to be preached today. Because you see, my friend, it's not those who are the loudest and those who are the most loved that are used. It's those who are humble that God puts his hand on. Tonight, do you want God to use your life? Then you got to be willing to be second. I think in a world of social media, that has to be preached. In a society where people oftentimes are overlooked because they're not willing to, uh, you know, to undermine someone else, to get one up on someone else. I think it's good to be reminded that Joseph did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And the Bible says the Lord was with Joseph. It didn't really matter who tried to get ahead of Joseph. It didn't really matter who tried to shine more than Joseph. Uh, the bottom line was uh, is that God was with Joseph. And as the writer said, if God be for us, uh, who can really be against us? Amen. And when it looked like Joseph wasn't ever going to be elevated to be nothing, he went from a pit to Potiphar's house to a prison. It just looked like it was going from bad to worse. But what Joseph didn't know is that was the pathway that God was using to get him to the palace. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, before you get to the palace, you got to go through some things in life. And I think Timothy was a man who had experienced that, and he was a man who had proven himself to be worthy to be trusted. Amen. He had been a good example before the Apostle Paul. And tonight I want you to notice some things about Timothy in this text here. He's Paul's second man. And I want you to see the example that Timothy is here in this text tonight. I would say first of all in verse number 19 and verse number 20 that Timothy was an example of true service. Amen. As he says here, Paul said, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you. Why? That I also may be of good comfort when I know your state for I have no man like minded who will naturally care for your state. You think about what Paul said in verse number 20. I mean in all of Rome do you realize uh, there was not no one that Paul could send to Philippi uh, that had the same mindset uh, that the apostle Paul had and so he sent someone uh, that had proven to be a true servant of God. Someone that knew what true service was about. And what I see about Timothy in this text 
here is that Timothy was willing to make the sacrifice. In other words, he was willing to go. Paul knew he could depend on him to step up to the plate and to do the task that was before him. It wasn't a glorious task. It wasn't a task that was going to get any recognition. It wasn't any place that he was going to be able to shine, but it was an opportunity. It was something that needed to be done. The man of God realized the importance of it, and you know what? He knew he could rely on Timothy, that second man, to say, I'll do what others are not willing to do. He said it in verse number 20, that no man was like-minded that would naturally care for your state. But thank God he had a Timothy. Amen? Thank God he had someone that was willing to go and do what he needed him to do. You know, a lot of people that pass through churches, you've seen this before. I don't really think we have nobody here like this right now. And I hope we don't get nobody like it in the future. I'm just being honest with you. But some people, they like titles, but they don't ever do anything with them. Some people like to shine, but that's really what it's all about. But true service, you know what it requires? It requires commitment. It requires dedication. It requires willingness. It requires availability. It requires consecration. If you're going to serve God, you've got to be willing to be available. You can't serve God with a whole bunch of stipulations. You can't serve God and say, well, I'll do this if everything lines up and everything falls in place. No, you can't even say this. And I understand that sometimes we have to be led into certain things, but I think sometimes we spiritualize things a little bit too much. I mean, I just believe if some, the pastor or if somebody in the church says, hey, we need, we need this position to be filled and if you're qualified and they come to you and ask you to do that, then you ought to step up and do it. Can I get an amen right there? Somebody said, well, I don't really feel led to do that. Well, I wonder what would have happened if Timothy would have went and visited Paul in prison and said, now, Paul, I know you need somebody to go down there and you need somebody to check on these people at Philippi but the truth of the matter is Paul I've been over here praying while you're in prison and I just really don't feel led to make the journey and go over there in fact Paul I would love to but I just don't quite have the time I mean Paul I got so much going on in my own life and in my own schedule does that ever sound familiar hey that's where we're at in 2022 in a lot of our churches and it's why most of the time you've got 25% of the people or less uh, in the average church uh, uh, trying to carry 100% of the load. Uh, what I'm saying is, uh, is that Timothy made himself available because he was an example of what a true servant and service of God is. Amen. You see, serving God is not me getting the mindset of what I would like to do or what I would like to be. But serving God is me just stepping into the role that is given to me to do. I think that's missing today. I think so. that's why it's so quiet and some of you are staring at me like a calf looking at a new gate. Because in a lot of people's mind, they think serving God is picking and choosing. Well, I would like to do that. I would like to, I would like to, to teach a Sunday school class. But you know, I just don't feel led to vacuum the carpet. I, I don't feel led to 
to, to clean the bathrooms. I know somebody needs to mow the yard, and I just don't feel led to mow the yard. You'll never, if you ever do get a class, you'll never be a good teacher. Because you never made yourself available in the small things. Oh, tonight, that's what this generation before us and the one before that used to thrive on. They stepped up to the plate. They were examples of true, sir. Bake a cake, I'll bake two of them. Uh, uh, clean, uh, clean the bathroom, I'll clean the men's and the women's. That, that's, that, that's that older generation. That was their mentality. Uh, something needed to be done. Uh, just step up and do it. Uh, I'm just simply saying, boy, we're having a good time tonight, aren't we, church? Amen. I'm talking about examples of true service. Uh, hey, you better hear what I'm saying because that generation, a lot of them's passed on and some of those that are just a little bit behind them, they're getting to where they can't quite go. Now, they're not dead. They're not putting them in the grave. Amen. Uh, but they've had to slow down in some areas uh, and they're not quite as, uh, as quick as maybe they once were uh, and they're fight battling some of their own health issues uh, and now it's time uh, uh, for some other young couples and individuals to step up and put their church and put the work of God in the forefront and say, you know what? It doesn't matter what I do as long as I'm doing something for the glory of God. He was an example of true service. He was an example of total Service. Look at 20, verse 21. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. In other words, there was a major lack of commitment. There's a difference tonight between wanting and working. Is that right? I'll be honest with you. I want to play a piano. How many of y'all want to play a piano? I mean, there's a lot of us. But you don't just sit down and start playing a piano. You got to work. There's a lot of people that, uh, listen, they want to play a guitar, but you don't just sit down. You got to work. There's a lot of people that they want to sing, uh, and thank God we have a choir for people like us who want to sing, uh, but they're not willing to work and, and practice and, and learn and, and improve. Is that right? Uh, I mean, they're wanting something. There's a lot of people, oh, listen, in this society, they want a big old paycheck, but they're not willing to work for that big old paycheck. Can I get a witness right there? There's a lot of people, they want a nice house and a fancy car, uh, but they want everybody to give it to them. Uh, uh, there's a difference between wanting and working. Would you say amen to that tonight? Uh, well, I'll tell you something. There's a lot of people, uh, they want a church to be what it has been for the last several years. Uh, they want the church to be on fire. They want the church to keep on having the same things they've always had. Only problem is they don't want to work to have it. They just want to kick it in neutral and just have fun and enjoy the ride. Uh, uh, but can I tell you, that don't happen that way. If we're going to maintain what we've always had, we've got to keep workers in the house of God. We've got to stay busy. And can I tell you, that means total service. Uh, that means you got to get out there and you've got to be busy and you've got to serve God. Amen. When I was about 14 years old, I remember my neighbor had an Atari. Y'all remember an Atari system? All right. Some of us. You know, and I remember going over to his house the first time I saw an Atari. You know what they had? He, he was, I walked in there and he was sitting there with that little joint stick. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm playing tennis. Well, it didn't look like tennis to me. You had a triangle that was a rectangle, I mean, that was going up and down this way, and one that was going up and down this way, and you had a little dot going back and forth. 
and he was hitting that. I said, what? That don't look like tennis to me. He said, well, that's what I'm doing. I'm playing tennis. And, and you know, I remember I went home and I, I said to uh, my parents, I said, boy, I'd like to have an Atari. They said, well, uh, you, you can't have an Atari. I said, why? And my, and my dad said, because uh, you got too many other things to be doing uh, to have an Atari. He said, you ain't got time to sit there and play an Atari. He said, you got to mow the yard uh, and you got to hoe the garden uh, and you got to help. Hey, you know, we lived in an apartment. We live in a, in a apartment complex uh, and we had chickens. Can you believe that? I mean, only in Murray County can you live in an apartment complex uh, and we had chickens, you know. And he said, you got to feed the chickens. Uh, and we put out about 153 tomato plants every year. I'm not exaggerating. Uh, that's the number we put out. And we had seven gardens uh, and a front-time tiller. Y'all remember that? Uh, I mean, you'd grab hold of that thing and hold on for dear life. Amen. And I'm telling you, uh, uh, but we had those gardens. Uh, and we, listen, my dad had give food to people and we just always planted gardens and worked and did things. And I remember as a kid I, I thought my parents, listen, I thought they were some kind of, uh, you know, sweat house slave drivers, you know, uh, because uh, they wouldn't let you sleep late. They wouldn't let you have an Atari. I mean, listen, they made you mow the yard first thing on Saturday. I mean, listen, we had three cars and all of them was bombers. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, every time it rained, they changed color because they had so much primer on them. But we still had to wash them. Can you believe that? We still had to wash them and clean them up. Uh, all that kind of stuff. You say, what are you saying? I'm saying there wasn't no time uh, uh, to just sit around in front of a television set and waste hours in the day. Uh, hey, I didn't like it then, but I thank God for it now. Amen? Uh, because it taught you uh, and that if you're going to have anything worth having, you're going to have to work for it. Amen? You know, if you're going to have a choir worth having, you got to come to choir practice. Brother Ricky, I get tired on Sunday evenings. I know that. But you still got to come if you want to have one. If you're going to have, if you're going to have a, a jubilee, you ladies, you got to bake a cake or go buy one-one. Am I y'all with me tonight? I'm just saying, you got to be an example of what total service is. See in verse number 21, for all seek what? Their own. There's a lot of people that's too busy with their own life. And I, this is a sad commentary, but you know, I, I hope it never becomes this way here. But there are churches tonight, and I believe this, there are churches tonight that I honestly think if the pastor said, okay, we're not having any more revivals. We're not having any more mission conferences. We're not having any more jubilees, no more ladies' conferences. We're not having any more fellowships. We're just going to come to church. I think the majority of some of those churches would be okay with that. They could care less. Well, I'm going to tell you tonight, we ought to really think about that. You see... My grandchildren, your children, needs this place tonight. And I'm not just thinking. I'm going to tell you as a pastor, I never, I don't care what we start. I never think about the here and now. I always think about five years from now, ten years from now. And I'll tell you, I believe it's the Lord. It's always that way. You say, why is that? Always got to be looking down the road. What's Bible Baptist going to be like five years from now? 
Can't do anything about the world. Can't do anything about America tonight. But I'll tell you by the grace of God, I can have a hand in what goes on around here. And so can you. Is that right? You, you see, you can't change the world, but you can't have a say in what goes on here. And what goes on here five years from now depends upon how much I'm willing to do and how much you're willing to do. You saw that, Brother Gravely, God's got to do it. I understand that. There's a work that only God can do. But I'll tell you, if I'm not willing to roll up my sleeves uh, and get in and get involved and work, uh, if I'm just going to kick it in neutral and enjoy everything in life and never really give my best to what's going on, if I'm not willing to get in totally in the service of God if I'm like those in verse number 21 that only seek their own I'm just worried about my world and what's going on in my little zone and I'm not really thinking about the church guess what five years from now ten years from now you're not going to have a full choir you're not going to have pews full of young people you're not going to have the things that we have your children and your grandchildren will only know the stories of what we tell them if we don't have total service. What's a sobering thought tonight, isn't it? It's not about a glory. It's not about a gift. It's not about a gain. It's about doing the work. He was an example of total service. He was an example of true service. He was an example of tested service. Look at verse 22. But you know the proof of him that as a son with a father, he hath served with me in the gospel. Paul talks about his proof. You know, the proof of him. He talks about his position. What is, what is Timothy's title? Is it second man? Is it, is it, is it, uh, uh, is it, for, is it the, the one coming behind? Is, what is it? No, Paul said, his, Paul said his title is this, his position. He's a son with a father. He has served. That's his pattern. His purpose is the gospel. I think we have to ask ourselves, what's our motive tonight? What's my motive in pastoring this church? Why am I here? What's my motive in preaching this sermon tonight? Is it to be heard? Is it to be seen? Is it to get a paycheck? Is it to get a pat on the back? Is it to get some kind of a temporal praise tonight? Every bit of that would be in vain. Is it just to help individuals? It would still be in vain. But is it for the glory of God? Is it for the cause of Christ? Is it for the gospel's sake? I think sometimes we have to take a step back and we have to ask ourselves the question, our service is going to be tested and sometimes, uh, uh, listen, things are going to happen that's going to disappoint us in the work of God. But you've got to get your eyes off people. You've got to get your eyes off problems. Uh, hey, you've got to get your eyes off uh, uh, this, uh, uh, results. And you've got to get your eyes off a position. And you've got to get your eyes uh, on the real purpose. Uh, and so why you do what you do? I want to tell you, he was an example of tested service. Uh, though Timothy had been tried and he had been tested, uh, he had proven to be faithful. And Paul knew he could depend on him. Hey, can people depend on you in the work of God? Paul knew he could trust him. You know why? Because Timothy wasn't doing it for Timothy. And Timothy wasn't doing it for even his preacher, Paul. And Timothy wasn't even doing it for the church at Philippi. Hey, the answer's right there in verse number 22. He was doing it for the gospel's sake. He was doing it for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Why do you play that piano? Is it to be heard? Why do you sing those songs? 
Is it to be a blessing? I can understand that. But I'm going to tell you, that'll be disappointing if you get up here and sing and you don't think you're a blessing to them. Why do you do, why do you teach that class? Why do you carry on? Why do you do the thing, the motive? You know why some people have lost that desire? They've lost that, that burden. They've lost that, that, that hunger because uh, their eyes somewhere, and it can happen to all of us, and it has happened to all of us. Uh, we get our eyes uh, on other things. We get our eyes on other people. We get our eyes on our own problems. But hey, uh, Timothy was not without pressure. Timothy was not without problems. Uh, Timothy was not without disappointment. But Timothy didn't have his eyes on just his preacher or the church he had his eyes on the Lord and when the opportunity came he took it I ask you this question tonight are you giving God your best the example of tested service and then finally this second man he was an example not only of tested and total and true service but he was an example of trusted service now you think about where Paul's at when he writes this epistle. He's in prison. And Paul didn't know the outcome of a lot of things. He tells us that in verse number 23. He said, so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. But Paul knew this. He knew in verse 19 he could depend on the Lord. And he knew he could depend on Timothy. He knew that Timothy would go and would do what he could not do. I wonder tonight, when it comes to your service, can you be trusted to serve? Can people trust you? Paul had no worries of his mouth, no worries of his mindset, no worries of his motive. Paul knew. Paul knew that Timothy wasn't going to say what he wanted him to hear. He knew that he was going to be true. Sometimes people will come through and they'll tell you what they think you want to hear and they think you're dumb enough to believe that. Amen. And then they go off and say something else. They're not real. They're not genuine. Tonight, Timothy was going to stay in his lane. Was he going to add anything to what Paul asked him to do? He wasn't going to take anything away. He wasn't going to try to shine. He was going to follow orders. He wasn't going to pull other people into the task that he was given. He wasn't going to make it about him. He wasn't going to complain. And he wasn't going to tell anything that was unnecessary. He was just going to do what he was asked to do. You know, that's what a second man is. It's someone that don't need the spotlight. It's someone that don't need to be put in the forefront. It's someone that can serve God and they don't have to run out and tell everybody don't have to even be known it's someone that's got the spirituality and the patience to wait till they get to the judgment seat to get their reward they're doing it for the Lord not for themselves or for others I I will say this tonight it's I'm not it's not me reprimanding the church I want you to understand that it's just a fact that ought to be preached everywhere I think that if we don't all see ourselves as second. Because here's the thing. You read a little bit further. There's another man coming up there called Epaphroditus. You say, well, he must have been a third man. No, he was a second man. He was beside Paul too. See, Timothy knew he wasn't the only one. And tonight, if we're not willing to see ourselves 
as second, we're not willing to see ourselves as third or fourth or fifth or sixth or whatever tonight we need to be. You know, there's a job for everybody in this church to do. You don't have to pray about doing something for God. All you have to do is look around. There's plenty to do. I promise you, if you mop a floor, nobody's going to fuss on you for that. Can I get an amen? Half of y'all ain't even smiling now. Good news, I'm about done. Hey, I promise you, you don't have to have instructions on straightening song books. You don't have to have an instruction on signing. There, there's a sign-up list. Sign up for it. You know, say, so well, I can't, I can't do that. Well, just sign up. God will help you to do it. That's what that older generation used to do. He's like, where, where do you sign up for this? Where, where's that list at? For me to, now you put a sign-up sheet out, and guess what? People run like it's got COVID-19 written all over it. I mean, they, when they pass through the foyer, they don't even go near the welcome desk. tell you tonight I pray that if the Lord hadn't come 20 years from now I pray that this church is still full I pray that there's young people that when your children come along that you're still here and that your children sit where you sit I pray that we still have a youth choir on Wednesday night I pray we still have a ladies conference that helps ladies all across this country and in our church. I pray that every time we, we put a basket out and said, let's, let's do whatever for a missionary, people's like, let me sign up. I pray that it never becomes a place where people say, well, all they ever do down there is ask for things. I've heard that in churches. You know, Brother Sammy used to say one of these days he's going to be gone and people's going to say the old beggar died. I'm going to tell you something about Brother Sammy Allen. Say whatever you want to about him. He gave away nearly everything he had. He could have been a very, very, very wealthy man. But he gave everything away that he had. And tonight he's reaping the rewards of it. Total service. Only the stingy said, I won't be involved. I can't afford to be involved. Tonight, your church needs you. That's not a complaint. Please don't leave tonight and say, well, preachers complain. No, I'm not complaining. I am telling you tonight, we're blessed. We're blessed to have what we've had. And I don't know about you, but I want to keep what we got. And I'm preaching to you as much as me tonight. There are times... My flesh is just like yours. There are times that, can I just be honest with you, I just don't want to do some things. You ever get that way? There's sometimes, hey, I love God and I love church. But there's times Wednesday nights roll around, I'm as tired as anybody else. And guess what? Sometimes, man, I'll tell you, it's Wednesday night. <laughs> and it's dark outside. And time's fixing to change. And I'm preaching over again tonight. Sometimes the flesh, that's the flesh tonight. 
Sometimes I, I, I don't want to go certain places. And I don't want to do some things. But it's not about what I want. It's about the need that's there. And we only have one life down here. We're to give our life for the work of God. Is that right? Tonight as we stand. Lord, I want to be a second man. No title, no trophy, no gift, no glory. I just want to serve. I just want to serve. I just want to serve God tonight. I just want to be used. I'll tell you something tonight. I mean that as a pastor. I don't care nothing about my name being on anything. I mean that tonight. I don't care anything about recognition. If the truth be told, it embarrasses me. I do. With all my heart, I want to serve God. With all my heart tonight, I want to serve God. And I want to serve Him till I die. I pray by the grace of God that He'll let me serve Him until my last breath. Don't you want to serve Him tonight? You can be a servant. Young person, you're never too young to serve. And senior saints, you're never too old to serve. You may not be able to do the things you once did, but there's always something you can do for the glory of God. As he sings tonight, if you need to come, you come.